Welcome to another episode of Barnes University Radio. Um, thanks for tuning in. For those that know, um, we you know we booted and we kicked off the Simlin uh, Titans series uh, this week. It went very well. Um, you know, you know, I just do it to get better. I do it to you know build relationships with fellow um, talent evaluators, pick each other's brains, and just get better, man. Um, so Assembling Titans was a, was a success. Um, as you know, we played the Cleveland Browns earlier today. This is Sunday, so we played them earlier today. Some of the um, evaluations that were said um, in Assembling Titans, our first episode, some of those things came to fruition. Um, the most blatant that didn't come into fruition was several of us thinking that the Tennessee Titans couldn't blow out the Browns, but there's several ways you can blow out a team and the Titans did it through their defense. Um, uh, they were efficient on offense. They, they picked and choose, uh, what they wanted to do, what they needed to do. Art Smith had a great game plan and great timing. His feel for play calling is is what stands out uh, that I saw that first game, this first game. Um, but like I said, some of the things that we went over, the quarterback position, uh, Baker Mayfield threw three interceptions in the fourth quarter, um, one to Bayard, one to Logan Ryan, um, and the other one to Malcolm Butler, who returned it for a touchdown. Um, so it was one of those games where I think that it was the perfect storm. Um, it was a perfect storm of this being a new team, uh, a newly formed team with the Browns. It being a defense that, you know, is in their first year. It's a predominantly zone team. Um, I believe that the Tennessee Titans usually do well against cover three um, zone teams. And that that was one of the, the main things that we talked about in the Simlin Titans was you know, for the past few times, the Titans plan a, a cover three zone scheme. Uh, they've had some success and, you know, it was more of the same in this game. Uh, but I like to t- I like to temper the uh, not the expectations, but just to p- put out some m- motivation and bulletin board material as if they're not already being told this in the in the locker room. You're not going to average 43 points in a season. No matter how many points you score per week, it still only counts as one win. You don't win any championships in week one. You know what I mean? So uh, all of the hoopah surrounding this game, for sure, you put in a week's worth mm-hmm. of work. Um, you you put in really an offseason you know, uh, worth of work for this game. Um, I know the coaches were looking at this team. Um, even before this week, and they just really executed to a T. Um, perfect game plan, um, and they executed it. Like I said, like I just feel like this team. Um, it's exciting when they when they do things like this, and, and especially on defense, because Dean Pease, like I said, you know earlier this week, man, that that guy surprises me all the time. But not is no longer a surprise. It's, it's an expectation. You know, this guy has some of the best disguise coverages in this league. Um, he put his players in opportune uh, advantages. And I just feel like 
this team can go out and beat any team um, through their defense. And their offense is good enough to hang, hang in there. So as I look forward with this team as they play the Colts next next week, um, I just see a team that, yes, they have holes on their offensive line, but they got, like I said, this receiving core has the potential to be one of the best in Titans history. The one thing that I did see, and this is this is what I, I won't want to be out there, is I challenge Marcus Mariota. If this team, if Cleveland, if the Cleveland Browns played any other types of coverage, and if this was a tighter game, I'm not questioning Marcus Mariota's improv ability. I'm not questioning his running ability. I'm not questioning his ability to throw passes, deep seam passes on the line. You know, I'm not questioning his ability to see it through it. I'm not questioning his quick release. What I am questioning is his anticipation throws, and I'm questioning his ball placement and his mechanics. You know, um, because a lot of people will say, okay, why are you focusing on the negative? This that, But that's casual fans talk. A casual fan watches a game, and they're like, okay, um, we did this. We were so great. We're going to the Super Bowl or we're really good. This team is, is you know, the best, you know, but as an observing eye with the analytical eye, you understand that, you know, although we won the game, some things were a byproduct of them shooting themselves in the foot. We were the better team today. Without those penalties of, and them helping us out and getting us into a rhythm and getting us in the end zone, basically marching us down the field for us in some drives. And let's say we don't make get those turnovers, those three interceptions. It's a lot closer game. And, and in close games, you have to make precise throws. And because of that, you have to look at with an analytical mind, okay, when we play teams and when we are in situations where Marcus Mariota has to deliver, is he going to deliver? And are those bad habits going to show up when it matters most? And then from there, I'm the bad guy now for saying it, but then when it occurs, everybody is echoing the same sentiments or making excuses for him. Marcus Mariota does this drill every practice. And there was a couple throws in this game that were indicative of that drill that they do. You are what you repeatedly do. There's a drill that I don't think that the that the coaches or even Marcus Mariota himself are really analyzing and really going over the type of drills that you're doing in practice. There's a drill that he receives the football as if in shotgun. Uh, from one of the trainers or one of the you know assistants at practice, he gets the ball, hands it to a running back. Let's say the running backs are going right. Then Marcus Mariota rolls out to his left. Another trainer or coach throws him the football as if he's rolling to his left, and he has to throw a pass that's pretty much basically maybe like a comeback or you know a crossing route. Every practice he does this repeatedly, right? The mechanics, I'm telling you how, how it's supposed to look. The mechanics of this um, uh, practice drill, the mechanics is you get the ball, you show a very strong 
you always want to do the same thing, everything the same way, right? You show a strong foot, show the football, give it to the running back. You roll out, catch the football. And when you're throw, about to throw the football, you're going to use your torso for power. You're going to transfer power from right foot to left foot and deliver the football. Now, which foot you land on is usually like left, right, quick pass. So what you're really doing is using that torque, the power from your torque to create spin and velocity on the throw. So your left shoulder should cross your right shoulder and your right shoulder should be pointing towards your target. But this is what Marcus Mariota does. I'll skip to the part where he rolls out, gets the football. He nonchalantly has a very open chest and he just flicks the ball to his receiver at practice that's fine most people don't look at it and say okay that's fine but there's a play last year versus the Jaguars where the same situation occurred and he rolled out to his left and he airmailed the interception straight to the Jaguars because he did not get that same torque on his throw you saw that with a few passes in the um, in the game versus the Browns. And then certain passes, he's a bit high. And that's from driving the football. It's called a drive throw. It's, it's, it's where it's not always a flick of your wrist. It's where you really got to pin it and put it on a receiver. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's the back shoulder. Sometimes it's low and away. Sometimes it's whatever. There was a screen pass to Delaney Walker, which could have ended bad where he threw the ball a little bit too hot to Delaney. There's a few passes where he was rolling to his left and he threw it a bit hot to Corey Davis. Then there was one when it was straight down, um, pretty much a post pattern, it seemed like, and it was a bit high. I know it seems like it's nitpicking, but when you play a team that is, that's, that's, that, that has a good game plan versus you, the Cleveland Browns did not play to the Titans' weaknesses. They played to their strengths or what they believed to be their strengths. They did not play to the Tennessee Titans' weaknesses. On offense, they did not play to the Tennessee Titans' weakness on offense either. They just believed in what they could do. And it was very odd, to be completely honest. But hopefully, they, they can get it together for the NFL's sake or they're going to be one of the most talented Teams on roster to not do anything. But like I said, it's those minor things. This team will go as far as Marcus Mariota takes him this year. And I've already said this before. Like the Tennessee Titans truly are, you know, and we're talking about outside of the structure of uh, like I've already mentioned, the Titans need a deep threat on 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 offense. You know, uh, something a player that really threatens the defense vertically and then everybody else, will, it will make it easier on everybody. And I have to say this again. The Titans played a zone, a heavy zone team. So players that usually aren't open look like they were open today. But versus a man coverage team, it will not look like that always. So that, so this is what I'm talking about, tempering your expectations and getting a realistic analysis of what's really going on. So I really believe the Titans have – they are they are a good quarterback away from like a championship run legitly 
And when the Titans, I already know the Titans' weakness. I, I can say it right now. Tennessee Titans' weaknesses, and, you know, I don't care if they hear it. Maybe they can fix it and correct it. I'm not on the team. I tried to be on the team. <laughs> I'm not on the team. But if this is my analysis. It's their responsibility to correct it. You play man against the Tennessee Titans up in those receivers' faces, and you send disguise blitzes, slot blitzes, blitzes, excuse me, and control that line of scrimmage with twist stunts and all that and confuse that offensive line, then you have a chance against the Tennessee Titans on offense. Defensively, Tennessee Titans do a lot of coverage. Right now, they lack depth on the edge. They lack a true nose tackle. If you can get the run game going, and I'm not talking about like predictable run game. I'm talking about misdirection. I'm talking about uh, stretch plays where you really attack the outside zones of this team and really get a good run game going. You can you can get some 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 nice runs out of from this defense currently. Um, they did a great job balling up Nick Chubb. Um, they did a great job with his backup Hilliard and um, everybody else they put at running back. But it's harder to beat that defense than it is the offense for sure. So the Tennessee Titans are one great quarterback away from winning it all. And, and, and it comes down to those types of passes. Like you have to take the craft serious. You know what I mean? Because the defense can only do so much if, are you know, I don't know if they can be the 85 Bears, the 2013 Seahawks, you know, some of the more recent great defenses. Can they be that? If they can be that, then, you know, I always say Trent Dilfer has a championship. You know, and that's not to knock him as a, you know, as a as a as a as a quarterback. He obviously had to do something to win it, but my whole thing is the public perception perception of that story is you know, a quarterback that nobody really knows has a Super Bowl. And, it will, and, you know, he's obviously not Peyton Manning, you know, in terms of legacy. But at the end of the day, he has a Super Bowl. And it's because he had a great defense. And he did what he had to do and managed the game and did it the right way. And, you know, is your defense going to be so good that it has to overcome the deficiencies of your quarterback? Hey, if you want to bank, bank on that and, you know, have that mindset, sure. But I'd rather sure it up uh, sooner than later. You know, it's a long season. It's the ability to refocus. You got a new opponent coming up. I honestly wouldn't even give this the 24-hour rule. It would be less than 24 hours before I'm looking at the Colts. I'm about to look at the Colts tonight, you know, and try to uh, get get a get a head start on that team and really just see what we need to do to defeat them. But at the end of the day, I just feel like great win – Let's embrace the fact that, you know, we came in and we bought, we beat up the Nash, the national sweethearts right now, the, the team getting all the publicity. That is something. As a team, yes, let's embrace that. But at the end of the day, they were not, they were not at their best. They gave us a lot of stuff. You know, let's be realistic. They gave us a lot of stuff. They weren't at their best. They're in the first-year defense. But you also kicked ass. You also beat, you know, you beat offensive tackles you beat the crap out of offensive tackles. You beat up Baker Mayfield. You, you held Odell to, you know, less yards in the second half than you did in the first half. Um, you know, you, 
offensively, you you had a 75-yard screen pass work. You know, your quarterback was, you know, picked his spots enough to win the game. You know, offensive line held up enough. I think you only gave up one, two, maybe three at the most sacks. So let's that's the positives. But at the end of the day, let's go. Let's work hard. Let's move forward. You know, we, we got a division opponent coming into our house and we need to set the tone and we need to do the same thing we did this year. The same the same this game, the same prep preparation, the same focus. So that's what I'll say. Just get my thoughts out on this uh, Titans versus Browns recap. Um, pretty much was very consistent. Like I said, with the assembling Titans uh, evaluation, um, only thing is the Titans did blow out. My definition of a blowout is 21-plus points, 20-plus points, a dub. The Titans beat them by 30. My mindset was I didn't think the Titans would offensively blow out the the, the uh, Browns. To me, this was more of a defensive positioning the Titans to score more points as opposed to the defense doing a good job and the offense just blowing them out the water because of their execution and prowess. Not to knock what they did. They were very good. But, it, I mean, Marcus Mariota completed 14 passes, 14 of 24 to be exact. So my definition of a true blowout um, that's a blowout. That's 30 points. But I mean, an offensive onslaught. That was more so what I was thinking. But that's up to me to be more specific. But at the end of the day, I didn't say it. So I was wrong on that. But everything else in terms of bracketing Odell, having Malcolm Butler on him, um, the Titans having or being in more compact formations to give those Offensive tackles, really your whole offensive line a chance. Getting Derrick Henry going. Uh, Marcus Moriota being successful versus cover three teams. You know, um, Dean Pease and his his uh, his scheme working uh, to a T. You know, so, I mean, I just think it was an awesome game. Great for Titans fans. Now it's time to see the Titans grow up a little bit and, and, and beat the Colts. Not that they can't. They just couldn't beat Andrew Luck. But uh, um, anyway, it doesn't matter right now. It's about just getting to 2-0 and um, keeping, this, keeping this thing rolling. We know the Titans can can win the first quarter of the season. They they went 3-1 and one last year. So it's about winning this first quarter and then keeping that rolling. You know, but it, it's a game, one game at a time mentality. Our next challenge is the Colts and just keeping it going. So thanks for tuning in. Barnes University Radio, Assembling Titans Recap. The video's coming soon. Um, Assembling Titans on YouTube. Very should be very easy to find. I'm pretty sure I'm the only Assembling Titans on there. Um, at BU underscore scouting is my Twitter handle. And then from there, um, follow us on at Assembling Titan on Twitter. Um, We're going to try to make this consistent and we're going to try to give you guys good content. So thanks for tuning in. Um, You guys uh, have a great rest of your night and God bless.